Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode number 32 of the KDH podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ryan Atkin. How are you doing, mate? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. I always like this awkward hello at the start of a podcast. <laughs> I've just been talking previous to it. So I've got, uh, I've got Ryan on today, and I'm really looking forward to this one, purely because uh, Ryan is the glute guy in Glasgow, aren't you, mate? You're the guy to go to for glutes. And uh, today's conversation is going to be the art of glute training, and that's what we're going to be talking about. So we'll start off, mate. Like, What's your story and what are you doing now? Yeah, uh, before we start, I just want to say congrats to you on the, the charts, the, the podcast charts getting 85, and thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, no, no problem, mate. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. A load of good guests that make the podcast. It's not just me. That's what I was always saying as well. Definitely, definitely. So in terms of my story, so um, going back to like college, I studied like sciences and things like that and then went to university, studied pharmacology and then um, went into a job afterwards, which is clinical research. I traveled around the UK and um, that wasn't my passion, but um, my passion has always been in fitness. And generally, I've always wanted to be a personal trainer in the back of my mind. It's something that I've always thought about doing. And I actually mentioned like, dropping university in my first year and my mum said to me look just get your degree done get your grades get a job like like your mum's going to tell you to do and um get a safe job and all that and then we'll go from there and I'm glad I listened to it because I learned so much going through university meeting different people living away from home going into a job where I was traveling meeting different personalities doctors nurses some people that aren't that nice some people that are great and it really allowed me to grow up as a person and then I soon found obviously I needed it was now or never I was 20 so 24 at the time I said look I need to I need to make this jump and then started part-time as a personal trainer so I was working like 5 a.m until like 7 a.m and then going to my job 8 till 4 and then I was training clients like 6 till 9 at night so it was hectic but it was all worth it and once I got to that point I just said look I need to go full-time follow my passion and then it's grown ever since really yeah no I know mate you've got a very very good following online and you're doing a lot of good things mate so that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast as well so like, what was it that, like, so, like, tell, tell everyone a bit about your sort of background. Like, what's your sort of niche? What is it that you really focus on as a personal trainer? So, um, I only train females. It's just how it's grown over time. I started off with a couple of female clients that I trained for free initially when I first started. Uh, in the morning, it was friends. And then that just grew from there, and it started being more females came to me. Um, my, my primary focus then, and still is, not, not primary, but still is a focus, it was fat loss. That was what I was finding most females come to me with. Um, and then from there, I kind of developed like a change. I visited, we went over to America, me and a couple of guys from MTN, and we visited the Glute Lab. And yeah. I follow, you probably follow Brett Contreras as well, and Mark Carroll, a few other guys who are big in like glutes training. Guys that are legit and you can read their stuff, they know what they're talking about. It's not just an, uh, an influencer, for example, who's who's telling you one thing about glutes. It's people who know their stuff. I've read a lot of studies and things like that. And um, yeah, that my interest just really spiked when I went over there. I seen the community he had. And I thought, you know what? I've, I started getting a lot more clients come to me asking for muscle gain, looking to build lean muscle and the glutes and things like that. And I just said, I'm just going to take this opportunity. And I think it was last lockdown as well so just before the, the first lockdown I started my my classes within the gym and they grew quite big and then I thought straight away as soon as lockdown started I said I need to take these online there's no one 
out there at the minute. Everyone's doing classes. Everyone's doing high intensity classes. You can do a Joe Wicks workout. You can do whatever. But I thought I'm just going to niche into just specifically glutes focused classes, and and go from there really. And and everyone jumped on it. I had over 500 members throughout that lockdown. Um, I'm still doing the classes now. Um, so yeah, it's just grown and grown. It's something that I am very interested in, and you'll know yourself how important the glutes are, one of your biggest muscle groups, and how it can relate to everyday life and improve your training in other aspects too. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think that's. I'm a big, massive fan of Brett Contreras. I actually mentioned in a post that I put on right before this that it was like the difference between like a Romanian deadlift and a stiff leg deadlift. But I was talking about like I learned that in Brett Contreras' glute lab. What was it like visiting his gym? Um, not what I expected. No. Uh, so it was smaller than I expected. Yeah. That, you know I, what? Was... I kind of got that vibe. I got the vibe. It was like a little, it, it looked like a little studio. It doesn't studio. look big. Yeah, it doesn't look big. It is, mate. Yeah, it is. You, you like go in and on the left, there's a tiny little track, but you can't really use that for anything other than hip thrust because he's lined up loads of hip thrust pads on the right hand side. There's the squat racks. And in the middle, there's some glute machines. It's not as big as I expected, but the whole like community feel that he had like he calls it his glute squad I think and they all came in while we were actually in there and they're just there's just a positive vibe in there and I was like this and they were all in incredible shape like what yeah. most females would genuinely look at and go that's goals that is how they all look they, they, yeah. they look in incredible shape and they just had this positive atmosphere and that's when I just thought to myself Do you know what I'm gonna take it up on myself to read more into glutes training I didn't expect him to message me back I messaged him on Instagram and just said look can I can we come and visit your gym and just take a look and um, catch up with you and he said yeah so a lot we need to do it do you know what I mean yeah and uh, yeah so I'm glad we did yeah he's um when like so basically I actually tried to get him on the podcast and he's obviously a very busy guy and the thing that he actually was messaging me back and forward I was emailing him and I think it's amazing that he's got over a million followers and he replies to everyone. Like he literally, re- like that must be a full-time job. And it's him. It's literally him replying. It must be, 100%. it must be crazy. Like a million followers. And he's got, like, he just, he replied within like 10 hours to me. And he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And uh, what's it called? But the thing why I couldn't get him on was the, the time difference was just proven to be difficult. So it was like, yeah. Obviously, like there was a period where it was like three weeks consecutively where I was busy, he was busy. Then it just kind of one of the things where it kind of fizzed out because we were just kind of back and forward going this time, this time, this time. And it just didn't work. But I would definitely like to get him on. And I've got his email address. So I'm going to give it, like try and get in touch with him again and do it, man. Because I think that'd be an awesome podcast to get him on, man. But yeah, like see. He's the the top guy. Oh, he is. If anyone doesn't, if anyone doesn't know, man, like Brett Contreras, like, he invented the barbell loaded hip thrust, like what everyone's doing now in the gym. And what one of the things that obviously you've been in his gym and what I loved about it was like, like what you, I've seen him write about it before where he had the wall of hip thrust platforms because he yeah. sees that when you go into most gyms, there's a wall of squat racks, but he has yeah. a wall of hip thrust platforms because he's like, that should be there as well. And even like when I started off personal training like four years ago, when I was in Kilmarnock, like I do it with all my clients. And the reason that I do it is because a lot of people want stronger glutes without knowing they do, because they don't realize that a lot of people are sedentary. They're sat in their ass quite a lot. So that, that places in a weakened lengthened position more often than not. And what people find is when you strengthen that, that they move better in their squat, in their deadlift, 
in their any free weight standing movement that involves a hip hinge, they find themselves being more stronger through implementing that movement. And people, yeah. when I started doing it, it was when I started researching him a wee bit more and people were like, that's a girl's exercise. And Ayrshire was a wee bit behind in fucking like, <laughs> fitness, man. And this was only like four yeah. years ago and folk were going, that's a girl's exercise. And I'm like, there's no guys or girls exercises. There's no, yeah. there's no guys or girls exercises. And basically, um, then from then on, I've just, not because I don't know, but I mean, and like now you go into gyms and it's like just a done thing now. And I think it's great that's like yeah. uh, such a dumb thing as well man so like um what so what was the sort of once that kind of grew arms and legs is that what really so has it really been the, the last year that you focused on nailing the glute market it's probably been where are we now we're january it's probably been 18 months yeah about 18 months yeah between 18 months and a year yeah so um as you've said there the the transferable aspects to glute training are massive and a lot of people now are stationary in the jobs, even like um, people in the beauty industry and stuff, they'll be sitting down more people in general office jobs. And um, as you've said there, the, the glutes are so underactivated, they're so weak in a lot of people. Um, yeah. So it's something that I think a lot of people need to move forward with. And as you've said there, I personally, when I was, so I'm 27 now, probably when I was 19, 20, I would see people in the gym, generally girls, the odd, the odd girl doing a, a hip thrust and I'd be like, I'm not doing that. Do you know what I mean? That's that's like a girl's exercise, as you've just said. Yeah. And um, it's so funny now to see so many people doing hip thrusts and and really enjoying it and seeing it as a, a big a big lift that they want to progress over time, like people have always done with a squat and deadlift. Um, so yeah. it's, really, it's really interesting to see, and, it, and it's good. Like it's something I use with all my clients and those who have got the be- who have got the best results. Um, in terms of the glutes with myself, we have focused on primarily hip thrusts. We've gone through different phases, but primarily hip thrusts where you're shortening the glutes um, and that's where you're going to get the most optimal growth compared to, yes, we do squat and things. Obviously that you're getting the most growth from the bottom, from the lengthened position. Um, but for me, hip thrusts are king in terms of glute growth. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, not everyone like feels the, the the full benefit of hip thrust some people prefer glute bridges and that's fine some people we need to elevate the feet to get and been feet elevated glute bridges to take that emphasis off the quads because hip thrusts do also activate other areas of your legs as yeah. well but and um, there's ways you can tweak it but generally bridging movements are, are king yeah i say to everyone it's because it's that horizontal load isn't it that goes directly yeah. onto the glute and you don't get that with many other lifts it's just because that's the yeah. most specific target for it but um one of the things like um, I tell people as well is that's your strongest lift. Like, see if you like, see if you have a, a fixed program, you were doing it for X amount of time, and you had all your biggest compound lifts in there, deadlift in different variations, sumo, conventional, yeah. Romanian. Um, you were doing bench press, you were doing back squat. Your hip thrust will be your strongest. Like that's yeah. and that's what I think. That's one of the things that now when I get people to do it, I used to go, oh, it's not a girl's exercise, and I would be like talking, trying to like almost like succumb yeah. to the level of that person's mindset but now i just yeah. tell them about the benefits of what it will do for them as in like this will be your strongest lift like you were in a matter of like see if someone's got a decent level of strength in like eight weeks we'll be doing double body weight for like reps yeah. and they're like what and you're like yeah honestly like, like if they're doing like body weight right now and they go no way and you tell them these things and it entices them and i think that's that's one of the things that as you were saying as well that like, yeah, like it's a short range of motion. 
people like you get loads of folk arguing like saying things like squat has better development it's not an exercise is an exercise at the end of the day it's the yeah. manipulation of progressive overload and tension that fucking that yeah. manipulates in, in, in nutrition recovery the exercise is just a tool but probably from what you're saying there and what i can agree with as well on glute training is when you hit thrust because you can get that so strong you can yield yeah. so much from it like you basically you you, you gain so much from that lift because you're so strong on it and i think that's one of the things that people neglect as well so um like we're going to move on to a wee bit about misconceptions. And this is one of the questions me and you both kind of got excited about when we're talking back and forward about this podcast. Like what would you say the biggest misconceptions are with glute training due to social media? Due to social media. So there's, there's like I've just said there following, if you're on social media, following the right people, do you know what I mean? Who, are actually preaching the right things and have studied and have, have learned, do you know what I mean, themselves and took it upon themselves to actually learn the correct things um, and not just throwing out like your, your standard banded workout or whatever, which I know we'll be touching on soon anyway. Um, but yeah, that's a big thing, following the right people, making sure you're surrounding yourself. And that don't mean in person, that can mean online as well um, with people who've got the right knowledge um, on how to, grow your glutes i think it's key don't you don't you yeah. think no totally i think that's by one and i think one of the things you see on social media now is people often forget there's a different like, gen, like genetics like just because someone looks good doesn't yeah. mean that they know what they're doing and i know that this is a it's a bit of a it's a double-edged sword argument in the industry where i've seen people that are bodybuilders and they'll maybe put things up saying like they're really emphasizing that you need to practice what you preach and you need to look in a, a certain way and I think that the, some of these people say this out of like in a, a self-absorbed way where they're forgetting yeah, like, yeah. whereas the other angle is that I say that you don't have to be 100% lean. And I'm not saying that you need to look at, nobody needs to look a certain way. You don't need to live up to anyone's yeah. expectations. But personally, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that if someone's got a half decent ass or they look good, do you know what I mean, in a bikini, yeah. they then start promoting things. And you're like, at the end of the day, I remember I wrote this in a post recently. In 2014, I got in really good shape. I couldn't tell yeah. you how I'd done it. I couldn't tell you how I'd done it. But now, with a good bit of experience with my own training, yeah. coaching for years, I can tell you exactly how to do it. And the thing exactly. is, so basically that analogy, that, that example that I'm using there is, yes, I was in good shape in 2014, but does it mean I can tell other people how to do that? No, it doesn't. But now that I've got that experience to do it, yes, I can. And the thing is, like, someone could also tell someone to do that might not be in, like, that top 10% of how they look, but they might be amazing at explaining it. It's like that the best football players don't make the best managers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I was actually speaking to um, one of my friends who's a boxer, professional boxer, and he was saying, like, about how... um, I said, oh, he's really good with the pads and stuff as well. And when did he learn it? And he said, not every boxer, like you see Mayweather on his, his page at the minute, he's actually started doing pad work and stuff, but he's admitted he's not very good. So it, as you said, it doesn't always transfer over. And and the, the the physical aspect to it, like there's plenty of girls out there with really good glutes. And that doesn't mean, I mean, you only have to look at the pace to see if there's any results on there with other people to know if they can transfer that over to other people. If there's yeah. not, then I'd probably be questioning where the motives are like and and if they do actually know what they're talking about in terms of training uh, your glutes but 
my next point would be on like on, on glute bands and yeah. I, I sell glute bands. So I am an advocate of using them in the right way, manipulating them in the right way, as you've just said. So in terms of the, going back to growing your glutes, there's three um, factors that I'd focus on. So you've got your mechanical tension, which is like your paused barbell hip thrust, which I like to include in my client's plans. You've got um, muscle damage, which is your standard barbell hip thrust. And then you've got metabolic stress, which is, like banded work so that's higher rep banded work so maybe like 12 to 20 reps of uh, banded hip thrust for me they have the place 100 same with i think i don't know if i've seen on your page not long ago about like you can actually build muscle and i think brad schoenfield uh, mentioned it that you can build muscle at home just body weight the minute yeah. you add in a band if if you're new to training you can still it's progress you know what i mean it's adding tension it's adding resistance but people that say that they got the results through solely band are definitely lying like 100 yeah. percent it has its place but you've got a factor in progressive overload with weights and um, with body weight training with the full aspect as, as i've mentioned just there to, to make sure you are making progress it's not all booty band work it has its place but yeah, yeah i think the misconception with i always kind of draw things back to like basics as well and like you need to remember like a weight's a weight at the end of the day right a dumbbell a 10 kilo dumbbell is the same as a 10 kilo kettlebell a 10 yeah. kilo barbell is the same as a and if a band provides at its highest tension up to 10 kilograms worth of pressure that basically means that you're only ever going to take your resistance up to 10 kilograms yeah. if that makes yeah, sense yeah. that's probably a good yeah. way to explain it that so therefore the band is just another form of resistance. But yeah. the only difference is that the resistance change through the profile of the length of the band. When it's at, yeah. its, big, when it's, at its length and it's at its tightest. So what, yeah. you're, what we're basically saying is they're amazing for warming up. They're, they're amazing for using at home right now if you don't have much equipment. And they're yeah. amazing for adding and challenging your muscle from a different angle. But solely yeah. using a band and thinking that that's the thing it's like that isn't the thing it's it's like do you know what I mean it's 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 only part of it it's a tool and it's I think and I think this is a misconception and I use them all the time as well I use them to get everyone warmed up because it's it's hard yeah. and I use them as well during workouts maybe if someone's really struggling to switch on that area they're really struggling to like they can't feel it as much and you go right we'll try this and we'll challenge it from another angle because the thing yeah. with um uh um hip thrust is with sorry uh, a glute your glute basically is a, what is it? A four dimensional, they call it four dimensional movement because you can abduct your leg, extend your hip, posterior tilt and rotate it. And your glute yeah. does all of those. So basically, yeah. um, if you are doing a hip thrust, you're, you're horizontally loading it and you're extending your hip. But by adding the band, it just adds another direction of tension onto that muscle there. So not trying to lose anyone with this, but basically it's just saying that it just challenges your muscle from a different way. Um, yeah, 100%. That's all you're, doubling up on that, you're doubling up on that talk, so to speak. Like it's something, but a lot of people as well don't actually use them right. So with a band, you've got to also remember it, it will only work if you use it properly. So if you're putting it above your knees, for example, you start in your hip thrust, but your your knees are together, there's no tension there. Yeah, like you need to out. So that's another factor that comes in. So yeah, they're a great addition. And sometimes I like to double up on like, we'll be using a bar and then we'll add the band as well. So you're doubling up that way. So they definitely have the place 100% or so they wouldn't be made. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they need to be used properly and not just, you can't just think this is going to get me the best glutes ever, or this is going to yeah. get me in 
unbelievable shape because it's not and I'll, I'll say that I, I sell the glute bands myself and um, when used correctly they work but when 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 not you know it's, it's almost like like the video that I put up the other week talking about them was saying they've kind of came that became that way that um, what's it called protein shakes have became with nutrition and fitness where people just go I'm getting into the gym I'm going to get on the protein yeah. shakes I'm going to train my legs yeah. I need to get bands and you're like yeah. Why is that the, the the message of what it actually is has been lost in the context because yeah. of home booty workouts and, and it's fine doing all these things, but it's like it's became lost in transition to what it actually is and, and people just forget that. And I'm doing a lot of like, you're doing obviously your glute classes. I'm doing a lot of uh, live coach resistance sessions. And yeah. there's something that I started doing last year. And I've seen a lot of people are doing these now and they're really good. And it's almost just like a, a live instructed PT session, which I can imagine what you're doing. You're giving people autonomy in their rep range. And I think when I've got yeah. like say 20 people on the end of the live video and they are sitting there, you just need to imagine they're in the living rooms, all different abilities, all different levels, all different bits of kit in front of them, all different uh, variations of weight. And when you're yeah. giving people, people like that, how many reps? And you're like, it's not a case of how many reps. It's a case of, what do you have in front of you right now? What's your ability? Track yeah. that and then progress it. It's not like folk yeah. always say like how many reps. And I think sometimes the reps things like, and like, I don't know if this is something that you've experienced, Ryan, but females always want to know numbers. They always go at to you. How many reps do I do here? And you might not tell them. You might be warming up and they go, is it 15? Is it 16? Is it how many? They need yeah. to know. Whereas males aren't as, I don't know, males, yeah. they'll just do it. And they'll, they'll kind of get it a bit more, whereas females are intuitively looking for a, a fixed set number. They're kind of like, yeah. how many reps they're doing? You're like, well, to be honest, like maybe if you start working with someone first time, you don't know what their strength's like. That's what you're trying to find out. And they've yeah. they, they put a band on and they go, how many reps? And you go, just go. And they're like, what do you mean? Because they've just been used to maybe they've been programmed to just yeah. do reps, reps, reps. They're not focused on other things. And I think... Definitely. The biggest, um, the biggest shift in mindset I try and get my clients to do when it comes to building muscle is I try and get them to focus on what you said, the three pillars, stress, tension, and uh, metabolic burn. You want, you want to feel those, you want to think about those things. And then basically the rep range is a byproduct. Do you know what I mean? Like then that becomes the thing that you, you adhere to and you try and progress. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that was something in uh, Brett Contreras' book, I think. It's the um, rule of thirds he talks about. Yeah, I seen on his page the other day, I was doing a seminar on that or something, yeah. Um, yeah. As well as that, you've also got to factor in, like, the covering, what I like to cover with my clients is um, the different movement patterns that do target your glutes. So you've got your bridge, then you've got your squat slash lunge, you've got your uh, hinge, as you mentioned earlier, and you've got your, your abduct. So as long as you're covering all them bases, the rules of thirds as well, Um you, you will make progress if you're focusing on progressive overload over time, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think as well, a lot like a lot of females would, what would you tell? So if a female came to you, not just not just a female, sorry, that's literally we've turned this into like a female. I know, we've literally just turned it into the thing. I've said it isn't. Um, it's just because we've been talking about, obviously, your female client base and then the thing with female clients online thinking that it's the band's. But if someone came to you looking for bigger glutes, what three things would you tell them to primarily focus on? Do you know what I'd focus on first? And I know you spoke about this 
was it yesterday or the day before on your Instagram? It was, and I think number one, 100% is sleep and recovery. And yeah. it's, it's things that this is like something that people overlook. Like I'll write in people's plans, like sleep. These are uh, roughly quantity wise. I'm not going to tell you quantity because I know people that work great off six hours and I know people that work great off nine. Like that's up to you to decide. But in terms of quality, how can you better your quality? You can uh, blackout blind, sleep mask. There's loads of different ways to help you relax anyway at night. No phone screen time before your bed and stuff. Um, so that's really important. And actually, if you're sore, don't don't like beat yourself into the ground. There's a there's a limit. Do you know what I mean? Rest up until you're ready to go again. Don't don't be forcing it because you think you need to be doing everything or you see another PT or another fitness person or influencer who's smashing six sessions a week. Sometimes that's not not optimal for you. Do you know what I mean? And recovery is so important. So that's number one. Number two, I would say is um, calories. So get your calories in check. So generally for muscle growth, you're talking a calorie surplus. So eating more food, high protein food sources, good quality food sources is going to help um, with that. And obviously getting your surplus just right. So you're not gaining much fat alongside the muscle gain over time is pretty key. And then number three, I would say in your glute training is focusing on, as I've said, the big lifts, the hip thrust, progressive overload over time and covering all four bases. So your bridge, your squat, your hinge and your abduct and uh, making sure you're covering all bases in your training and that's going to help you. And try and think about your glutes. They're a big muscle group. They're, they can recover quite quickly. Um, the things that will make you more sore uh, more muscular damage are things like your lunges like I trained Monday I did lunges and I'm, I'm still feeling it today yeah. whereas you can quite overload on on hip thrust because you're shortening the glutes so I would say two minimum three maybe maximum times glutes a week doesn't mean you have to do a full glute session for three times a week but just factoring some form of glutes um, into your, your training sessions is a good idea two to three times a week I'd say I, and I make all great points there like can I touch and base on all of them go, I'll go back the way because I can remember it like that yeah. the last yeah. point you were saying there um, I think is absolutely bang on like I think one of the mistakes people make as well is we over label things and they go I'm training glutes and you're like like when people say that they're training their legs do you know what I mean yeah. like, and I think that's something important to kind of clear up because people go because I remember I used to go what are they doing if they're training glutes then am I doing something different because I'd be like I'm training legs and someone would go I'm training glutes and I'd be like what do you mean? Like, it's like, yeah, what, what do you mean? I don't, I don't get that. And and that's the, when someone's saying they're training glutes, they don't have to specific, specifically do loads of exercises that isolate the glute. It's like when you're working your legs as a whole, they categorically hit all of your leg, but you can, you can specifically focus on all the areas. And I think what you said about the hip thrust as well is one of the great things we were talking about this before, that I run quite a lot and I can hip thrust heavy every single week, twice a week, and I recover well. And it's one of the yeah. one of the things that I tell because I remember I went through points of where I've wanted to run, doing more intense events in the past, and I've been like doing squats and lunges, and I'm like I can't do these two, like I can't squat and lunge twice in a week and run three nah. times in a week. I can't do it. My legs are destroyed. And yeah. then I started to see that I can Romanian deadlift. I can do like things like um, a shorter range squat. So I'm not yeah. maybe stretched, damaging the muscles as, as much. And, I'll, and people may see that and go, oh, you, you could go down a bit deeper there, but you're like, you're not, if you've got different goals, you can still obviously adjust things slightly. You don't have to go yeah. all out. And yeah. I was talking to my guys on live last night and I was saying that. I was like, you don't have to go 
fucking training is not about killing yourself every single time. Do you know what I mean? It's not about in uh, if if that's not your goal. Do you know what I mean? Like if if like it's it's just one of those things. And then you can obviously change it about. But hip thrust, and that's a great point, Ryan. Like you can recover so well from it, and you can yeah. get a lot. You can yield a lot from it as well. And then calories there as well. This is a really good. It's probably a good question to come on to that. Like especially my experience, like males and fat. It's not really just females. I've I trained a lot of males. Someone's going through a fat loss, a fat loss phase, Ryan. They then get to a point where they drop. There's never a, firstly, there's never a point you get to where you're happy with your body fat. You'll never be at a point that you're like, yeah, yes, I've lost two stone. I'm happy right now. So I think that's the first thing to clear up there. But say you've got a client that's going from a fat loss phase into a gaining phase. That's something that a lot of people struggle to get their head around. How do you what? How do you go about that? And what sort of things do you tell people? And 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 how much of a surplus would you tell someone to go into? That's a really really good question, Christian. Um, so generally, I find um, females a fair few females are struggle with the whole mindset of oh my god, I've got to eat. I've got one online client at the minute who was severely restricting the calories before she signed up, and we've gradually increased her. She's now just under two thousand, but she's never gone above like fourteen. Um, 1400 before and the best way I put it is this is like you're going to go through for me I prefer to focus on one goal at a time so rather than try confuse everyone oh we can maybe lose a bit of fat and do this yeah you can do that but I, f- I feel it's just nicer to set some big goals performance goals as well and say look we'll spend three to nine months maybe longer whatever building muscle getting strength goals achieving pbs and whatever it may be just just really getting into a good position but what comes with the extra calories is better sleep better energy better drive better sex drive better motivation better literally everything like your health markers just improve massively as long as you're doing it correctly and not eating bad foods um, i'd say a calorie surplus of anywhere between 200 and 400 let's say over maintenance initially but Again, that's me just giving you a rough estimate. It's all about like monitoring as time goes on. So if you're not gaining muscle or you're not fe- or you feel you could eat more, then we'll gradually just increase it fifty hundred calories every so often. It's, it doesn't have to be much. Same with fat loss. If you're not losing fat, if I put someone on calories to start with, let's say they're on fifteen hundred calories and we we spend six weeks there, they've committed and they are genuinely hundred percent committed in all aspects, sleep, training, everything else, steps and they're not seeing much change, then we go, okay, let's drop you to four, uh, 1,400, and then we drop to 30, and so on. Do you know what I mean? It's it's playing it by ear until you get the, the level of progress you want. And, yeah, I think just getting over that mindset of food is bad, it's not. Eating more food has a lot more benefits than restricting food. Yeah, I think, I think as a society, <laughs> with all these slimming clubs and, like, growing up, I remember, like, my mum went to Weight Watchers now when I was younger, and she would get these sweets that were like Weight Watchers sweets. And you just, yeah. from a young age, you just were not taught about fat. Like you just, you don't get it. You thought that you had to eat specific foods and it's just brandy. There's no explanation and it's hard. And I think one of the things at the beginning, I was quite ignorant and novice when I started off personal training. I'd be like, ah, no man, like I'd be like, that's a lot of shit. You can't do that. Like you need to eat, you need to do this. And I was trying to get the message across, but I wasn't taking it into consideration that people have got a lifetime of branding in their head that they need to do a certain thing. And what you're telling them is challenging their thought. And I think that that's something that as a coach, you start to become respectful of that. You can't just snap and change someone's mindset. 
it's the same with like scale weight. It's the same with like loads of different things. You can't just tell someone if they've been doing something for 20, 30, 40 years, you can't just go, that's not right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't just change someone's views like that. And I think one of the things is what you said there is what I tell my clients is, and I remember at first I was like, is this going to hinder my results? And I was like, no, now I realize it's just a better way to coach. You need to just do it over time. You can't just go, people come to you and expect maybe what calories should I be on? How much protein? And we don't know any of these markers right now. So you can't yeah. have these discussions. Yeah. And, I, and like, and you see, and I remember it used to confuse me because I would see so many coaches just dish out all these things right away. And you'd yeah. be like, you can't tell someone exactly what they're going to do in the first day of meeting them. And yeah, on that point, like I, that's a that's a message I get a lot is on Instagram. It'll be, "Hi, can you help me? What ca- I'm, I'm struggling right now. Can like what calories should should I be on?" And my response is always, or they might even say, "Someone else has told me this. Someone else has told me this. I just want to want to know." And I'm like, "I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know." Yeah. And they're a bit shocked and they're like, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, well, I don't know you. I don't know your activity level. I don't know your stress levels. I don't know your sleep. I don't know what you're eating currently, what you've eaten in the past. I don't know what your mindset's saying. Like you've just said about all these ingrained beliefs and stuff. Like I can give you a rough estimate if you give me your weight, but you need to then go and actually stick at that for a period of time. And if you're not seeing changes, then you need to um, amend that yourself. Do you know what yeah. I mean? No, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's a massive point. And I think one of the things with calories as well is when I when I prescribe, when I tell someone their calories, it's like I tell them it as a range now because I think yeah. when you think of it as a range, it's a better mindset to be in. And I was at a walk with my girlfriend and my mum yesterday and we were talking about this and we were saying, why is it now that everyone's so fixated on numbers, like weight, steps, calories, carbohydrates? And I put a video into my online group yesterday and I was saying like, a hundred years ago, no one knew about carbohydrate intake. And I'm not saying that we need to live like someone a hundred years ago. I'm not I'm yeah. not saying that at all because obviously things are different. But what I'm saying is people got on with life without knowing this, but now we've got all these numbers and things in place that folk are becoming so fixated on them. And it's the thing with steps and stuff as well. People are going, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have my steps today. And you're like, but two months ago, you weren't going out for a walk and now you go out for a walk every day. Yeah. Like that. And it's like folk are losing sight of what it is. And it's the same with like calories. You tell someone a number, oh, I had a really bad day. I had a Chinese takeaway. And you're like, ah, that's not bad. Like this is yeah. life. They're always going to be yeah. there. And I think it's like, this is the biggest thing with food. And it's one of the things I've realized over the years is it's trying to change people's mindset with food. Like yeah. that's the that's the hardest part. It's not the, you know, at the end of the day, when people actually get their head around calories, cooking at home it's not as complicated as they think it is it's the mindset it's the shift that folk think that when they hear a calorie surplus they think fat i'm going to be fat do you know what i mean i'm going to be bloated and they start telling you all these like things that they do like the amount of people that have probably told you as well ryan about how they they've got all these like things in their head that they go oh i get bloat from this and i do this and you're like where have you got this from like where have you got all these oh when i eat too much carbs I, this just happens to me and you're like where have you got yeah. all these? You've just made all these things up. And I'm not saying that some folk will obviously have issues with their gut and stuff. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot to do with gut health, but a lot of people, because of all these numbers, have become so confused in the data that they're just forgetting yeah. what they're trying to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, and I think that's a hard one because I remember that I think that you put up as well a while ago and it was like a picture from a, a film and it was like, I can't remember the, the act, Ryan Gosling and, uh, yeah. and it's like, what do you want? Do you want yeah. to be in a fat? Do you want to lose fat or do you want to gain? 
And it's not yeah. like I'm not trying to over label things and be like, this is how you, you need to live like a bodybuilder. Oh, I'm off season right now. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to, yeah. you don't need to do that. But it's like too many folk are in this fat loss forever mindset that they they need to be there forever. And it's our jobs as coaches to teach folk to live life normally. Do you know what I mean? And to to yeah. implement. And it's like, yeah. you know, and it's I think as well like, as a coach, like over the years, I remember at the beginning. You start to, when you're, I didn't have loads of direction at the beginning. Like, I remember being like, I was knowledgeable, but you start to do things that and then you just go, I don't do that. So why yeah. would I tell someone else to do that? And I think that's the industry in a nutshell. There's loads of people telling people to do things that they don't even do. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and as as a result of that, it just creates so much confusion. It's just people going, yeah, you need to go low carb. And you're like, have you ever done a low carb diet? And they're like, nah. Like, <laughs> no, I've never done it myself. <laughs> yeah, but, but I've heard that that's really good for fat loss. And you're like, cool, you shouldn't be telling people to do that if you've never done that before. And I think this is the, the issue with it is people just overcomplicate things. And then, sorry, I've proper blabbed over here, mate, all your points, but it's all great points. Oh. And I, I like just kind of talking or uh, going back on them as well. And then the first point was recovery. Yeah. And that video I put up yesterday was recovery is underrated, man. Like it totally is. It, it's massively underrated, but to the point where like everything's on training. Everyone thinks it's like people see, I remember when I started training and again, it was when I was more novice when I was training people and they go, oh man, what program is that person doing to get those results? And now I'm like, I would have played up the program as if that was the thing that done it. I was like, it wasn't the program. It was the consistency. It was the habits. The program was just a tool. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's, I think it's, again, it's that like, what diet did that person do? It doesn't like it's, I seen a really good thing from James Smith yesterday and it was, um, a really good tweet man that guy just churns out pure bangers all the time man yeah, <laughs> and it, it basically said like worrying about sweeteners and sugar and not having your sleep your recovery your routine and your mindset in order is like try to put out a fire by spitting on it like it's yeah. that's it's so true it's just like people are so focused on how many carbs should i've eaten what about this all these little minute tools and like little markers and you're like let's look at your routine what do you mean my routine and they're so baffled that you're telling them to look at like do they do a to-do list or do they plan on a sunday exactly exactly the gratitude thing we mentioned earlier yeah yeah. i'm preaching a lot mindset it's like yeah do you do all these things that do help it's the things outside training in the gym that help the most yeah i think this year has been great for getting folk to go out walking because i used to ask some people to go out for a walk and they would look at you like they'd slapped your grand like, like you would yeah. slap their grand, not you, they'd slap your grand. And uh, <laughs> they, like, you would, you, now it's, it's, I think that's one of the best things is like so many folk are out walking now. And I think they're going to really see the, no, I really preach walking because what it does for your mindset as well. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, um, I'm just moving on to this last point here as well, mate. What's your, imp- your opinion on people labeling um, specific movements as guy or girls? What's your opinion on that? Uh, so I know like a good example for that is um, you see the the abduct machine in the gym. A lot of guys probably won't go on that because they see it as a, a girl like machine, but it's not. I mean, I use it like there's different yeah, ways. Well. Yeah, I think it's great and you can overload quite well on that. I know it's an isolated movement, but um, it's not like a big compound movement or anything but you can increase the weight quite easily whereas with a band you're probably quite restricted unless you've got a lot of bands to 
to increase your ab production um, progress over time. So, yeah, in terms of like guy and girl movements, as we mentioned earlier, I think like bridging and hip thrust now are becoming more universal. And um, it, so it should be because we've identified today how beneficial they are to your glutes training and just to everyday life. Like there might be people working in offices that the glutes are underactive. And if you, if you go in into a gym and going, Oh, I'm not doing that because girls do it, or I'm not doing it because guys do that. That's a guy's move. Like there's something up there. Do you know what I mean? Everything, every exercise is for everyone. It's a universal sport. So definitely. Yeah. It's the same with like uh, girls when they look at guys and they go, I don't do chest. And, I, and now I'm seeing a lot more girls train chest and yeah. it's good like and it's it's not that it's like it just gives you pecs it's it's because you should have balance around your entire body you shouldn't just be like yeah. i'm just going to work these areas because i like those areas do you know what i mean like that's yeah. like a sort of that's a novice mentality and i think it's yeah. and hopefully folk listening to this podcast today maybe if they are at a point where they'll be training for a few years and hopefully take away something from this because like take value from it there is no guys or girls exercises there's no set routines that you do but uh this is a funny one for you man um Oh, at the beginning of last year, I was getting terrible pain in my lower back, and I was I was doing, I was doing a lot. I was doing CrossFit like three times a week. I was trying to compete at CrossFit, and I was also doing hill running. It was like yeah. fucking worst two things you can combine. <laughs> and I was just, I was just going out with like doms. It wasn't even last year; it was the year before me because. I can't remember when it was. I just lost track of time now, and uh, <laughs> and basically um, my lower back was getting destroyed when I was going out running. And I went to my friend Niall, that's a physio. I've got good friends with Niall and he's a very, very good physical therapist. He's like very, the way we are as personal trainers, like very, no bullshit. Like there's no yeah. point in, he won't tell you to realign your joints and all that. He's like, he's a very, very well savvy uh, physical yeah. therapist. And he sat me on the side and he was like, abduct your leg. Just line, like, lift your foot up to the side. And he just pushed down and he went, you're, you're fucking, you're just, your abduction's weak as pit. It's just so weak. And I was really? like, yeah, and that's like last last year. I just started putting abduction into like my program all the time, and I do it every week now, every single week, and I don't get any pain in my lower back now, no pain at all. And it was literally, and I hip thrusted at the time, a Romanian deadlifted. I done like fuck all abduction though, like abs. That yeah. just shows you've done it. And going back shows to you. our point earlier that you need to cover those four areas: your bridge, your squat, your yep. hinge, your abduct. <laughs> Even though abduct might seem easier than the rest. You've just proven there that actually yeah. you need to cover all four bases if you want in a stronger lower back, better posture and things like that. So. Yeah, and that and that, that as well, it gives me so much confidence in it as well because I'm like, I'll just tell folk, I'll go, although you don't think this is, and like the amount of people where you'll be the same, Ryan, where people come to you and they go, I've got issues with my lower back and stuff and I've got sore hamstrings and when I run and, and then you, you don't even, I just kind of like smile when I go, right, well, hip thrust and I don't tell them. And within a month, they're like, I've not got that pain anymore. And you're like, yep, like that's corrected it. Like that's totally corrected it. And you don't, you're not overstepping your boundary. You totally just know yeah. that you can even look at someone's movement and you go, they've got pretty unactive glutes just by someone, yeah. the way someone walks. And you know that or the, yeah. the way that their, their knee travels when they do a movement, you just know that the, that area and he's developed a wee bit more and you just you almost feel like a pure boss man when someone's like you see someone get better and you see them i feel yeah. better when i run i feel better when i walk and you're like yep yep the hip thrust yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know that is a must but um so mate um thank you very much for coming on today that's us kind of covered all the questions there for um glute training you. what's your plans for the future mate what's what's what can we see from yeah. ryan 
it's quite hard at the minute, obviously, with lockdown and stuff, but in a way that's allowed me to adapt and work in different ways. So the ways I'm actually working at the minute are um, my classes. So my classes are run on a weekly basis. I actually ran an eight-week challenge just before Christmas when gyms were open. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me about this, and I'm going to be opening that up, but only when gyms reopen, because I, I want gyms to be open so everyone's got the full equipment and we're not just stuck with a dumbbell. Yes, as we've said, you can make progress, but I'd rather people have everything. So that's something that will be opening up again, the Glutes 8 Weeks Challenge. Um, but in the meantime, I'm just running my classes. Um, I'm doing one-to-one coaching calls um, with different clients, focusing on the mindset and things like that and um, make, helping them make progress throughout this time. I've got online coaching with MTN as well. So I've currently got just under 30 clients at the moment. Um, I'll be opening up a couple more spaces in February. Um, obviously, one-to-one's um, not happening at the minute, but when gyms open, that will be on the cards. My YouTube something I'm trying to grow at the minute. So if you are listening, check out Atkin Coaching on YouTube and a subscribe would be amazing. And um, yeah, we're just going from there, uh, Christian, just trying to grow and grow and grow and um, help as many people as we can. That's the goal, isn't it? So, yeah, mate, yeah. Um, I watched that. Um, I watched the 10,000 calorie challenge, your YouTube one. Right, everyone says they can do this, right? And I'd just come out of having COVID. So I were a bit like stupid to do it because I've not eaten for like, I don't know, about a week. Now, I'll, I'll do this fine. Got to the McDonald's, the 17 chicken nugget, something, and it just sat. And I went, no chance and I had to go back to chicken nuggets and eat them cold disgusting and then ended up melting the ice cream afterwards and trying to neck that and it just all came up I'm not like I'm not being one of these people that could do it but like if he spoke to my mate, honestly like I, I'm it's actually vital how much I can eat sometimes like it's actually <laughs> it's not even nice man like it's just and especially we're doing a lot of training that I had Lewis McFarlane on the podcast and we were actually I was I was talking to him about this like my appetite right now we're doing so much stuff is insane and uh, I also seen that you done the the but tried to burn ten thousand calories in a day. That's way hard. Uh, you might for you you might be have a better chance with all the Ironman and stuff training, but like that was something that I went into. I got up that day and I went, I will smash this because I've got the determination, the mindsets there, and then nowhere near i got to like 7 8 p.m so obviously that's been done before midnight i was like how the hell am i at six thousand calories and i watched some of the youtube videos online steve cook did it and he i think he failed his first one and then what he did to pass the next one he got up at midnight of the new day to make sure he could get a full 24 hours and that's how he got it so i don't know if i'd after that i've no hey, idea i am i literally was at that day i went up me and dale went for some food that day and i came up to commando to pick him up and yeah. I obviously I, I just knew you through social media and I knew you were doing that that day and you know what I said I went he won't do it and I went yeah. I wasn't being pessimistic because see the week yeah. before, two weeks before I'd done that half Ironman and that day as well I had been out for a walk as well so I'd done like obviously I'd been out for a walk and I'd done a seven hour half Ironman mate and then I'd been up a long day as well I'd been up quick because I got up early to start it yeah. and that night my watch only said 7,000 calories it's mental and like yeah it's, it's not and, and, and i just knew me like i just went no nah, i can't do it because you need to yeah. to do ten thousand calories in a day you need to have a high aerobic capacity like very high so that you can yeah. consistently be moving so i was like and it wasn't that i was going brian's unfit i was going like you need to be like you need to be yeah. and i remember like and i know these these watches aren't the markers i know they're not a hundred percent 
But one of the things yeah. as well, and I was talking to, I remember me and Ailey were talking about it afterwards and like your BMR, obviously say for example, in a day, your watch might say three and a half thousand. If you have a busy day in the gym floor, you go out for a walk yeah. and you train, your watch might say three yeah. and a half thousand, but you forget like, cause I would have forgot this as well. You've only actually burnt active calories. Like see what you've done through your movement. Yeah. So like for you to do then 10,000, it would have to be like, like your active cat, you would have to be like, oh, because you just think, oh, well, I do three and a half thousand a day. So it's only two and a half, like, yeah, like yeah. three times that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's only, I only have to do three times that. And you're like, no, it's actually like, it's like 10 oh, times what you're doing a day because you're actually. How, how easy, I know I failed the 10,000 calorie eating one, but I do think I'd get it. Um, maybe <laughs> if I were yeah. eating, much, eating much at the minute, to be honest, but um. Yeah, it just shows you how easy it is to consume calories relative to burning them. So burning, definitely, mate. Yeah, I think it, I think you're absolutely buying on them. But I remember watching that. I remember I was in command of that day and I went like to Ross and David. I went, he's not going to do it. <laughs> I know. No, I, I got like midday, I went, maybe. And then it got to like three and I was like, no chance. Like, no. this is just not moving. Yeah, so. crazy, isn't it? But again, a very valuable. I know we're sitting taking the piss here, but it's like it's a very valuable point because you can easily overconsume. Like, you know I mean, you went just for high calorie dense foods, and that's what we're surrounded by now as well. So it is very easy to, um, to obviously gain weight versus lose weight. Do you know what I mean? Lose fat versus gaining fat. But um, no, mate, thank you very much for coming on. And um, what what's your handle on Instagram? If anyone can find you, mate, if they don't follow you already. Please. It's Atkin Coaching on Instagram and YouTube as well, yeah. So um, cool. Yeah, give us a follow if you are on Instagram and yeah. No quality. Thank you. Um, and well done as well, um, Christian, for the, the charts again because that's honestly amazing. No, fine. Thanks very much, mate. See when you first came on and said it to me, I was like, "What was he talking about?" And I remembered literally. <laughs> I was like, "What was he talking about, man?" No, but no, thanks very much, mate. I appreciate it, and it's it's down to the fact that like obviously I've been consistent with it, but I've had some amazing guests on and continually like the more reach it gets more people they want to come on it now more as well so that's obviously a yeah. great thing so thank you very much mate and if anyone has listened in today obviously if you are i didn't realize that these charts as well are worked off of your reviews on apple Podcasts. so if you listen to it on spotify and you've got apple Podcasts, go and review it on there give it five stars and then give it a review if you can as well because obviously that ranks it up in the charts as well and i would like to see that push up and if you have listened to it as well screenshot both me and ryan in it and then get it on your stories and Instagram or Facebook and tag us both in them because I'd appreciate that and Ryan would appreciate it as well. But thank you very much, ladies and gents, and I'll catch you in a bit.